Welcome in everybody to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my co-host James Haskell and of course DK in the back running the show. Uh, in this episode, we're going to start our, uh, well, we're going to we're gonna kind of begin our, our, what do they call this, the dead period, the, the lull yeah. period in the NFL where everyone's just hoping nobody gets hurt, nobody gets in trouble. I.e., um, I.e., uh... What's his name from from the Dolphins? Oh, oh no, from the Patriots, right? This guy, well, this yeah, yeah, facing up to thirty years, uh, the cornerback. I think he tried to get a couple guns onto a plane. Uh, nothing like that happens. Well, and Tyreek Hill just punched the guy at a weed shop. Oh, that's that? I did not even see that, Jimbo. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, so. Okay. First of all, he's well, at a weed shop. Second of all, he punched the guy. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I, I have a problem with the punching. Um, but but um, but yeah, I mean. I, this is this is gonna we're gonna talk about the one glaring need in this case defensively that I think yep. is is really the one last step or last piece on that defensive side of the ball that makes them tr- championship ready. Yeah, and um, Glenn and I are gonna have one each. What we you guys want we want you guys to do in the comments. Let us know because I'll have the correct one and then Jimmy will have no, his. No, that's absolutely so, not the case. J- just huh? let's just go back to the draft a couple weeks. Or I had the correct one and then you had your. I look forwards jimbo <laughs> i look i'm just saying I'm forwards just saying. i don't i don't spe- i don't even know what ha- there was a draft i don't even know what happens in the draft but uh, um that's a good time that's a good but, time yeah no, i'm we're, excited we're to get into it though because i think there is still one area that is is not being talked about enough as far as um you know a glaring weakness on this team and it's got me a little nervous if we're heading into the season with you know what it looks like right now so uh, do you want to give your incorrect one, and then I'll do my well, correct? Actually, I wanted you to go first. I'll go first. Okay. All right. All right. How about it? So, right now, to me, the one big area of need is the cornerback position. They mm-hmm. they lost Marcus Peters. Uh, they they signed Rocky Sin to be his replacement. Of course, they still have Marlon Humphrey, and then backing those two up, uh, you know, there's – Brandon, uh, I guess Brandon Stevens is more of a safety now, even though he's technically listed still as a cornerback if you look at the depth chart. Uh, oh, but Demarion didn't he play primarily corner? Yeah, but now I'm hearing he's going back to safety, yeah. Jimbo. So yeah. I, I yeah. they got Demarion Pepe Williams, who's a lot of people are saying is the the most odds on favorite to win the slot corner job. Trayvon mm-hmm. Mullen, co- uh, corner. I'm sorry, cousin of Lamar Jackson. Um, who I know he's excited to finally get to play with after years of playing against one another as they were growing up. The the super talented Jalen Armour Davis, who again is found not participating with his team in OTAs. He was he was doing some individual stuff on the side. Did but you say the super talented? He is talented. He's just never healthy, so he can never practice, and then he can never play. And yeah. then he when he when he was able to play, he looked lost because he had no practice time and had no idea what he was doing out there. But he's got the physical traits is what i mean he's six two mm-hmm. he can run he can but the guy's just never out there so how can he learn uh and then caillou blue kelly the, the the rookie this year draft picked out of stanford uh they got they got some guys jimbo but man all i know is as much as i i like rocky sin i think he was in a nice addition i think he's going to be a good player if marlon humphrey were to go down i have serious serious concerns especially when you look around the afc at the weapons that every team seemingly have. I mean, the Bengals, everywhere you look, is ranked as the top wide receiver group in the National Football League. Well, they're the, the reigning champions of the AFC North, so they're going to have to go. The Ravens are going to have to go through Cincinnati if they want this division. And then after that, of course, we know 
what Miami has. And I mean, my goodness, they got the two fastest receivers on the same team. Buffalo's got talent. The Jets, who obviously are going to be a contender now with Aaron Rodgers, they got crazy talent on the outside. The AFC is loaded with quarterbacks and receivers. And if you don't have guys that can cover and affect the quarterback, I think uh, you're, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So while I, while I look at this group, I go, if everyone's healthy, okay. But the chances of oh, this group staying 100% healthy, I think, I think are pretty slim. And if you take Marlon out of this group, Jimbo, it's a ragtag group. And, man, the pass rush better do a whole lot to help save these guys. Yeah. You know, it's hard to disagree uh, because I do think it's an area of need while I don't think it is the primary uh, area of need. However, I do want them to address this position some way, shape, or form. Noted that Marcus Peters still is unsigned unless you know something that I don't. He is still There's unsigned. rumors, but, not, but unsigned, yes. Right. However, Glenn, I do believe that there is a need that is a bit more urgent uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and that is the outside linebacker position. And the, well, the way that I'm going to start this uh, as far as a needs-based evaluation between the two positions is simply this. I agree with you that the cornerback is very top-heavy, right? Mm -hmm. And they got some names. Like, if you look at the names at the linebacker position, if you went just by names, you might be able to say, all right, you got Tyus, you got Ajabo, you got Owe. You know, you got up at the top, you got three names of guys that, have a mix of potential and, and have shown some things right mm -hmm. where in the cornerback room, you got one Uber pr productive guy and you got names. But ultimately the reason that this is a, is, is a, a bigger need in my opinion is because a, one reason is simply because no one outside of Tyus Bowser, but from a pass rush perspective, I don't know anyone on this roster that has done anything that is noteworthy. I don't mm -hmm. think like, while you got one in the cornerback room, Marlon's like actually done stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't bro. know. I don't know anyone that's like, yes, Tyus is a good player, but he's not going to put fear. He's not in, all pro. Right. And he's not going to put the fear in the, you know, the fear of God in, in Deshaun Watson when he's lining up on the line of scrimmage, right? To, yeah. Uh, that's just not what he does, you know? So the other piece of it is exactly what you said. I always go back to, you know, Ozzy Newsome. One of the things I love about Ozzy is his simplicity. Ozzy doesn't beat around the bush. He, there's no gray space for Ozzy Newsome, right? He talks about, your quarterback, your left tackle, your outside linebacker. That's how you build a football team, right? And you got you got to have a quarterback, you got to rush the passer, and you got to protect the passer. And so for me, we got a quarterback, we got a left tackle, uh, and we need someone that's going to rush the passer. Now, I'm also not saying that there's guys out there that are just going to give us double-digit sacks. Like, that's also not the case. But I think we need more than what we have, and I think it's more of a concern to me than the cornerback room, just simply because – the cornerback room is top heavy, but I don't really, I just have a ton of question marks there. Is Ajabo going to be what we think he is? You know, he's still green. Will Ado, uh, Adafi Owe ever be productive? Can, can Tyus do anything in, in, from a pass rush perspective? Not anything. Can he do things that are of high production? Because he's done things in the past. In the past. So to me, that gives me a lot of trepidation. And then on, in addition to that, I also think there's a path towards names that we could bring in that are familiar to us. Houston, we've talked about. Uh, JPP, we've talked about. Now, Floyd is gone. And mm -hmm. didn't he, he, had, he got paid at a deep, I mean, it wasn't even that bad. It was a nice price. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like there was a lot of value there. You know, he got, he, I, I felt like that team got a, a nice deal with him. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that's the Ravens' glaring need. You got to get to the quarterback, man. You have to, have to, have to. And Glenn, you got to do it without blitzing. You got to, you know, win your matchups up front. 
because all pe- teams do is talk about Mahomes' stats against the Blitz, like all the time. So, you know, you got to do it without blitzing. So that's, that's my thoughts um, as far as that that goes uh, from, a, from a needs perspective on the defensive side of the ball. Well, let me tell you something here, Jimbo. I think what you're missing is the fact that the Ravens, look, even mm-hmm. last year, right, the Ravens didn't have that. They didn't have like a guy last year. Right. Like they had guys, they had guys that had done it before Justin Houston, JPP, but they're not that same guy anymore. Right. So they didn't have a guy last year. And last year, the team ended top five in the league in sacks without mm-hmm. a guy last year. Right. So, you know, I, I look at it like they've done it before also, which makes me less worried about the, the edges. Roquan's a hell of a blitzer. PQ's a hell of a blitzer. Kyle Hamilton's one of our best blitzers. I mean, they got guys all over the place. They can they can rush the passer, maybe from more unconventional place, not the traditional edge, but still they can get to the quarterback, affect the passer. The Ravens, while top five in sacks, were at the were near the very bottom in passing yards allowed, which tell which tells me that even with a top five sacking defense, they were still in the bo- very bottom of passing yards allowed, which tells me they needed more help in the secondary, not necessarily more help getting to the passer. Now, I get that they both complement each other and they help, but I think Bowser will be better just be buying another year after ACL surgery. I think uh, these Adafe Owe and Ajaba will be better just by the injection of Chuck Smith into this coaching staff and the energy he's brought, the attention he's brought to that room. I think I see a lot more like opportunity for the pass rushers that are there because they were young and how they got this guru in there to get better than I do for the secondary where I think they just, they just need more talent. They need more, they, they, they need a veteran. They need more leadership. They need a lot because behind those two at the top, it gets thin and everyone knows corners. They're going to get hurt. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a matter of time before they at least miss a game or so. So, I, I don't think edge is as big an area need because also, Jimbo, they were top five with a Greg Roman offense, meaning a defense, an offense that was d- dedicated to eat, eating up as much of the play clock, limiting the plays for the opposing offense. Well, now, naturally, with this offense, we're going to see more plays ran by opposing offenses. And that more plays, in theory, will give more opportunities for the defense to get more sack numbers just because they're going to have more plays to do so. And if the offense performs like we think, they'll probably be playing from a lead, which will make teams throw, which will give teams more op- or give the defense more opportunity to get sacked. So I think their total plays will increase this year because of the offense. Opportunities will increase. Young guys on the rise. So I still think it's corners, Jimbo. No, that's fair. I think it's a fair argument. I think it's close, but... Ultimately, I think a lot of the the I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet, and I don't know if you do at the time. A lot of those blitzes, I mean, excuse me, a lot of the sacks came under, you know, a came from a blitz, not from a a standard situation in which our guys in front beat the guys in front, like a, like you know, you just got your four up front, and you're you're outright beating the guys, and that's I guess ultimately what gets me the most concerned because I think later on in the playoffs and the third down. This is what I go back to. Let me back up for a second. You remember back in the day when it was late in the game and the Ravens would have a four-point, a three-point, a five-point lead, something like that, where you knew the team had to go down the field. They wanted to win the game. They wanted to get a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, somebody up front was always disruptive in those big moments where 
something happened. And even if you think of that Chiefs game we went to, what it took for the Ravens to win was Adafi Owe getting down there, winning his matchup, stripping the ball out. And so I feel like we need those moments a bit more because I feel like they lack in recent history. I'm not saying that things aren't happening on the defensive end. They're not disruptive, but it doesn't seem to be the same. And I feel like those high leverage moments, your guy up front as your guy, guys, whatever, they've got to make plays without relying on a blitz. So that's, that's the only reason why I feel like maybe I'm just, I'm stuck in the past, right? Maybe I feel like, dang, that's what I want to see because that's what I, I, I I love seeing back in the, it was always like a Suggs, a Doomerville, a McCrary, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on, uh, you know, even a nada up the middle, whatever. But um, ultimately, I feel like we need some disruption there. And and I get nervous with two unproven guys you have standing there as your or you have plugged in there as your and you got all the you got the whole house on them. Right. You're betting the house on these guys. And then what if one of them goes down? You know, so I think ultimately there's a need there. And then and I also think there's a need at corner, too. So you give me a lot to think about. But. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, Glenn. It's going to be really interesting to see how they address it. I can't hear you, no. You might have to hit the um, power button on the mic. But I, I, No, I still can't hear you. But ultimately, I think um, I think that what it'll come there down to There we go. Is, you got me now. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Now, so, I'm, I'll, now, I'll, I'll, let me I'll, kick I'll, you with this real quick, real quick. Okay. What All I was right. just going to say is that ultimately, when deciding between the two positions, I think what it'll come down to is which – player that they can get in the respective position had just simply as a higher impact player. So if it's like sign a Marcus Peters or sign a Justin Houston relative to the same price, I think they're going to sign a Peters all day. You know what I mean? So ultimately yeah, I think it, it comes come down, down to, to the, the price. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. And the impact that the player can have. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I think you're right. And it's always valuable to be able to get pressure with four man, you know, cause you can leave more guys in coverage. It's pretty easy to figure out why, yep. uh, but I will say Philly led the, you know, no surprise, led the league in blitz right. rate, 11%, and also had a historic year from a sack standpoint with 70 sacks, which was so incredibly further. You know, they had the oh, gap look at between their them guys, and everyone man. else. I mean, imagine but sending they still a blitz, blitz more than anyone. And you're sending a blitz, and you got all these guys up front. Yeah. It's an impossible scenario. Oh, it's ridiculous. But, but to that point, they had ridiculous guys, and they still chose to blitz at yeah. a higher rate than anyone in the league. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, even though if you have the guys, you still send them. You still send them. Uh, is is I guess my point. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. It could come down to who can they afford, and it, even though they might look at corner as the bigger need or or edge is the bigger need, it could come down to well. Yeah, it's the bigger need, but we can still get this area way better for a lot less, yeah. and that'll help that area. Maybe not to the degree, but we can't afford that. So, um, but let us know what you guys think. I mean, yep. do you, are you like me? Do you think corner is still this team's biggest area of need, or do you think like Jimbo where they need a guy? They need a guy to at least help accent uh, what these young guys are bringing and and increase that that pass rush. But let us know what you guys think in the thought uh, the comments below, and we'll talk soon. See ya. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.